Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We're starting a new parak tonight. We're starting the parak of Torah Pekalpi, and that is the fourth parak of Maseches Yuma. Today we're going to be learning in detail the procedure of selecting which of the Shnei Hasi'irim, which one would be La Hashem, and which one would be La Azazo. The Mishnah opens at the new parak about 10, 12 lines down on Lamentesimad Aleph as follows. Torah Pekalpi Behel Gorolos. He would quickly put his hand in the box and grab out uh, we'll see exactly what the mechanics were. Was it both of his hands? Was it the hands of himself and one other person? And they grab out the two pieces that were inside. One of them said La Hashem and one of them said La Azazel. And they would then be determining who, uh, which animal would be which. One of the things that were inside, <clears throat> we saw what they were made out of yesterday. And one, they were made out of gold at the end. And uh, one had Hashem's name out of Echad Kasev La Azazel. And again, eat one for each animal. We said that the skan would be to the right, and the rosh beisav, the one who was the head of the mishmar, would be to the left of the kohen gadol. Remember what we said, though, they're not immediately to the right or to the left, but they're actually set back at angles, and not directly behind, but just back and kind of uh, off to the side. So that's how they were standing. Now, if when the kohen took out his hand, the one that's in his right hand is the one that's for Hashem, so then Askan Omerlo, the man to his right, the Skan Kohen Gadol would say, quote, Ishi Kohen Gadol, mincha, raise your right hand. And by raising your right hand, they'll know that the animal that's on the right is going to be the animal that's the Hashem. Be'im shall shame Allah bismolo. But if when you, uh, when you look in your hands, you see that the one in your left hand is the one with Hashem's name in it, then Rosh Beis Av, the man on the left, Omerlo, he'd say, Ishi Kohen Gadol, mincha, raise your left hand. So that's how our Mishnah depicts this um, uh, process of drawing lots. You take each piece, right? the one that's La Hashem goes on the Seir for, for Hashem, and the one that is La Azazel, he gets a little block, uh, the lot is put on top of him, and then the coin has to say, Omer quote, La Hashem Chatas. Rabbi Shmuel argues, Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Lo Lomar Chatas, Elo La Hashem. All he had to say was for Hashem. That brings us to the end of the Mishnah on Lamentesimadalev as we start our new parak of Taraf Bekalfi. Lovely Taraf Bekalfi, why does he have to move so quickly? It says he has to sweep his hands quickly through the box. Why? Says the Gemara. You know, that's like Braille, you know, like you touch things, you know what they say. So here, because it was probably, uh, you know, popping off, it was three dimensional, it was pressed into the gold or popping out of the gold, whatever it said, maybe he could feel it with his hand. So he wanted them to go quickly, just to chop him up, right hand, left hand, pick him up, so that he would not have a kavana to pick one. We'll see momentarily that uh, when it came out in the right hand, it was considered a little bit better. Omar Rava, Rava says, Kalfi shall eat the box that held the lots were made out of wood, shall eat haisa, shall chol haisa, and it was also uh, not uh, a kli shares, it was a regular kli, it didn't have kedusha to it. And there was only enough room inside the box for two hands, one hand to grab each of the lots. And says the Gemara as follows, we're a third of the way down, a little bit more. I understand why the box had to be the following. I understand why the box could only be big enough for two hands. We don't want there to be three hands in there. We just want to be very, very limited. Your hands should go in, grab the pieces. The more room you had, you could tilt your wrist a little bit more. You can start feeling around. Does this say La Shem, La Zazel? We didn't want that. You wanted, you wanted the hands to go in and come out. Why would it be that this wasn't a cliche race? 
We should have given it Kedusha. We should have anointed it as all of the others were with Shem and Hamishcha. Why not here? Says the Gemara, because him came, if that would be the case, then this would be the singular Kli in the Beit HaMikdash that would have Kedusha that's made out of wood. The Kli Abdina. there are no such things. All of the Kli that we had in the Mikdash were made out of some type of metal. Asks the Gemara, well, okay, make it out of metal. Venavda. Why don't we make it out of silver and why don't we make it out of gold? Why isn't the box treated in that way? So says the Gemara, There is a breaking point. You can't spend money on everything. So this was one of the places where the Chachamim said, this doesn't need to be a klisharis mamish. It just needs to be a box to hold on to the lot. And that was sufficient and therefore they made it out of wood. Now, we learned in our Mishnah, we're about halfway down to the word Masnisen, as a framing, we learned in our Mishnah that the coin is going to stick his hands into this box. He's going to pull one out with the right and one out to the left. If he pulls the one out with his right hand, then the man to his right, the Skan coin Godel, says, Ishi coin Godel, raise your right hand. If he pulls it out with his left hand, then the Rosh base Abus to his left will say, raise your left hand. However, we have a Brisa that depicts this process quite differently. Masnisen, our Mishnah is the Lohi Kihaitana, must be not like the following brisa. The Tanya, the brisa writes, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mishum Rabbi Eliezer. Here's how he says it works. Haskan ve'kohen gadol. Machnisin yadan, and the word is added here, yadan yeminan bekalfi. Both of them would put their right hands in. So you'd have the skan, kohen gadol, and the kohen gadol, each of them taking their right hand, putting it in the box. That's different than our Mishnah, obviously, where our Mishnah only had the two hands, right and left, of the kohen gadol. So it says the Gemara, continuing in this b'risa, in bimino shall kohen gadol ola, if after each of them reach in and pull out one of the lots, if what the kohen gadol is holding is the one that's lahashem, then askan omer lo, then the skan says to him, ishi kohen gadol hagbe yimincha, raise your right hand. However, in bimino shall skan ola, if the right hand of the skan was the one that pulled out the one that's lahashem, then the other person, the Rosh Beis Av, who had no active role here, he didn't stick his hand, there's no room, it's only for two hands. So what then he would say, he would say to the Beis Av, Omer Lola, Kohen Gadol, Daber Milcha, say your word, namely, raise your left hand, because we see that the Skan Kohen Gadol was the one who got the lot that said Lashem. So says the Gemara, what a strange Brisa. Why is it that, uh, why is it that we do it this way? Vename Alei Skan. Why is it that the uh, that another person, that the Rosh Beis Av, is the one who's telling the Kohen Gadol to tell him to raise his left hand? Why don't we do what we did in our Mishnah, which is to say that the Skan should do it? So it says the Gemara, because it didn't end up in the Kohen's hand, the, the lot that said Lashem, and that ended up in the Skan's hand. He doesn't want to hear from the Skan right now. It says, because he might be a little bit let down that he didn't get the one in his hand that said Lashem. So then now, let me just step back out. This is our um, discrepancy between our Mishnah and this Brisa. In our Mishnah, the two hands that went into the uh, into the Kalfi, into the box, were the right hand and left hand of the Kohen Gadol. But in the Brisa of Rabbi Huda, what we see is the two right hands, one of the Kohen Gadol and one of the Skan Kohen Gadol. So why the difference? Says the Gemara, What is the difference between our Mishnah and this Brisa of Rabbi Huda? Answers the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, Mar Savar, Yemina Deskan, Adif, Mismole de Kohen Gadol. Ah. The right hand of the Skan Kohen is better to pick the lottery than the left hand of the Kohen Gadol. So here are the two options. Right hand, left and go on the box, or right hand of person one and right hand of person two. Says the Gemara, the reason why we have a machlokas is because according to one 
uh, one of these sources, namely this, the new source we have of the Brisa, the left hand of the Kohen Gadol is worse than the right hand of the other person of the skan. And therefore, Rabbi Huda requires that the way that we pull out the lottery is with two right hands, one of the Kohen Gadol, one of the skan. However, our Mishnah doesn't hold that way. And that's the distinction made here. Mar Savar, you mean a diskan adiv mismoli to Kohen Gadol. In the Brisa that we just saw, newly presented here, it's better to have the right hand of the skan than the left hand of the Kohen Gadol. Therefore, two right hands are used in order to draw out the lot. Umar Savar, ki no. The left hand of the Kohen Gadol and the right hand of the skan are identical, and therefore we don't need two people, and therefore our Mishnah, which is that the Kohen Gadol will put his right hand in and his left hand in, one hand will pull, pull out each other a lot to look at his hand, fits the right one, he raises his right hand, then they know the right seer of the Shnei Seerim is gonna be the one that's Lashem. If it's left, then it's left. That's how the Gemara explains this from Lucas. But continuing uh, on this theme, the Gemara wants to know who's the author of our Mishnah. Who is the author of our mission? Rabbi Yehuda in this new b'risa was the one who said that the left hand of the Kohen Gadol is worse than the right hand of the Skan. So says the Gemara, who's the author of our Mishnah that disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda? Answers the Gemara, Rabbi Chanina Skan HaKohanim Why? What did Rabbi Chanina Skan HaKohanim say to Tanya? The b'risa writes, Rabbi Chanina Skan HaKohanim Omer, Lama Skan Miyamino. Why is it that the Skan Kohen Gadol was to the right of the Kohen Gadol during this process of pulling the lots? Says the Gemara, Shem Ira Boksul, the Kohen Gadol, because if for whatever reason the Kohen became Pasol, Nichnaskan Mishamesh Tachtov. Instantly, they've got a replacement, right? They pull the lefty, or well, you can't have a lefty Kohen. They pull the righty out of the, what's it called? The bullpen, right? You got the right guy. Terrible mashal when you're talking about Kohanim, because the left hand is a Psul. So let's assume that they're a right hand. So says the Gemara, Rukhaninaskan a Kohanim, why is the Skan Kohanim to the right? Because if the Kohen gets Pasol, then we need a replacement. What doesn't the Mishnah say? That the reason the skan was there was to put his hand inside the box, which implies that the skan doesn't have to put his hand inside of the box, which implies that he's the author of our Mishnah. Because in our Mishnah, we don't care about the skan participating in this activity of pulling lots out of the coffee. We don't care. And that's how the Gemara concludes on this section. Moving on, three-fourths, two-thirds, three-fourths of the way down. Tanu Rabban and the rabbis taught us, Arbaim Shana, for the 40 years, Shashimei Shimon Atzadeh, that Shimon HaTzadik was the Kohen Gadol, <clears throat> every single time, talk about a statistical anomaly. You flip a coin over and over and over again. To get it the same 40 times in a row is miracle level, right? The, the numbers of uh, permutations should be, what's the equation? It's 40 squared, whatever it is. Yeah, it's 40 years in a row and it's two different options each year. It's a lot of options. And for it to be the same exact one every time, so 40 years running, it was... It was uh, that what Shimon had, he's always came up in the right hand. Mikan va'elach, but starting with year 41 of his rule as Kohen Gadol, pamim olabiyamin, sometimes he got the the uh, the lottery that said Hashem in the right hand, pamim olabismol. And other miracles that took place during the 40 years of, of Shimon Hatzadik, the first 40 years of his reign as Kohen Gadol, v'hayalashon shel zehuris malbin, and the, uh, the white, uh, the, the cloth that was put on the animal as red would turn white all 40 years in a row. Mikan va'elach, starting with year 41 of Shemin HaTzadik being Kohen Gadol, Pamim Malbin, Pamim Eno Malbin. Every once in a while, uh, it would be white, but not all the time. Another miracle that took place when Shemin HaTzadik was Kohen Gadol for the first 40 years, Rabbi Dole, the Western, uh, the Western part of the candelabra, the, the, the one that's closest to the Heichal, the one that's closest to the um, Kodesh HaKodashim, that was always Dolek, the fire never went out, miraculous. Sometimes it was lit and sometimes it was extinguished. 
and as well, uh, and not only that, but the fire that was on the main pyre on the Mizbech HaGadol, that was, they didn't have to bring wood there other than for the sake of the mitzvah, except for the two blocks of wood that were put there, but Alt's miracle, they didn't need them at all because the fire never never waned. It was a very strong fire. Starting with year 41 of his reign as Kohen Gadol, Sometimes the fire would be strong and sometimes not. And when it was not, that's to bring firewood the whole entire day. They would never not bring firewood. It's written in a double negative. It says, they would not hold back. Namely, they would regularly put the wood on the fire throughout the entire day. And as well, there was also a bracha in regards to the Omer that was used for the Hakravasa Omer, the Korban that was brought. Um, on the second day of Pesach, Tes Zayin Nisan, and the Shteya Lechem, Uva Lechem Apanim, the two breads that were brought for Shavuos and the Lechem Apanim that were there. Uh, what was the bracha? The bracha was like this four lines from the bottom of Lama Tes Mudala. The Cholkoin Shemagio Kezayis, Yesh Ochlo Vesaveya, Yesh Ochlo Umoser, even a Kezayis, which isn't that much food. Kezayis, that's a minimum amount to be Chayav and benching. So that there, the Gemara says, if they would have had a kezayis of this, there were some people who would, ate it, who would eat it and they'd be satiated. There were still others who would eat it and there would be leftovers, even though it was a small amount. It was a super satiating food. Mikan ve'elach, starting at year 41 of Shemon HaTzadik's reign, is Kohen Gadol, nishtalcha me'ira ve'omer v'shtealechem v'lechem apanam. There was a curse, a me'ira, some type of curse that took place with the omer and the shtealechem, the breads for Shavuos and the lechem apanam. And what was that? Two lines from the bottom, Chol Kohen Magio Kipul. Anyone who got even a tiny amount, forget about a kezayis, if you had a very small amount, even like a pool, which is a bean. So Hatznuin, Moshchen, they're like, forget it, this won't do anything for me. And the people who were starving would try and hop it up and stuff their faces. There was someone who took his own portion and the portion for his friend. So what did they call him? As we turn to the top of Lama Testament base, Ben Hamzan, the one who stole Ben Hamzan. And according to some yourselves in the Gemara, it's Ben Hamzan. From the Psukim in Parshas Noah, where it's Hamas that they were thieves. And then the Gemara mm-hmm. tries to prove this, but the Gemara first says that they called him this Ad Yomoso until the day was his, it was his nickname. It's probably not a very good nickname to have. You're the thief. Was it a crazy good bread or was it just they were hungry? <laughs> this was not crazy good bread. This was the cursed Omer bread. This was not good. This was not Kishmak. Well, actually, this was a Lechem Apanim that they may have given out. What did they do with the Lechem Apanim? I don't know. So that's what the Gemara says. And now the Gemara on the top of Lama Testament base is going to try and prove uh, what the word Hamzan means from two different Sukkim. We're going to be going to the, uh, just to the top of uh, Mem Amid Aleph, uh, because the blot we're learning is particularly long. Um, and then on Shabbos, as you can see, the next couple of blot are not terribly long. Uh, we'll be learning them Shabbos afternoon. Uh, Sunday will be together. Um, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday are very, very complicated. I'm going to be on planes, I think, all three nights. So I have to figure out exactly how that's going to work out. I'll keep you posted. But on the top of Lama Testament Beis, the Gemara wants to know how Hamzan means thief. So Amar Rabba Bar Shila Micra, what pasuk indicates that this is the case? Says the says the pasuk Elokai Palteni Miyad Rasha Mikaf Meavel Vechomets. And in that pasuk, it's talking about Meavel Vechomets, someone who is a thief. Rava Amar Mehach, another pasuk. The pasuk reads Limdu Heitev Dirshu Mishpat Ashru Chamots. So it says that you should be ashru, you should make happy, or you should support the one who was robbed. 
Ashru Chamot, you should make him happy. The one who did the Chamitza, the one who actually did the stealing. And that's how we know that Chomets is to steal. Tana Rabban and the rabbi taught us, Osa Shana, Shemesba, Shemanatzadik, continuing on the theme of Shemanatzadik, the year that he was to die. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, Amar Lahem, Bishana Zu Humes. He told everyone this was going to be the year. So he had a little bit of a glimpse into the, into the next world. How did he know he was going to die? What did he see? Amrulo, Minayan Atayodea. How in the world did you know that? So we know that nowadays there are still some people who have this koach. I've met with people who told me things about me that nobody knew. Uh, we've all, a lot of us have had these experiences. We've met with Rav Druk and Rav Chaim Kanievsky and others at Rav Pinto. There's people who, who've tapped into this world. So I don't know what it means nowadays. It's some, I don't know what it is. Kind of Ruach HaKodesh, I'm not sure. But here in the Gemara, Shimon HaTzadik knew for sure. So he responded to them six lines down. How did he know he was going to die that year? Amar Lahem, Bechol Yom HaKippurim, every year while he was in the Kodesh HaKodashim, Hayam Yizdamen Lizaken Echad Lavosh Levanim, Ve'atuv Levanim, Nechnasimi Ve'yatsa Imi. When he was in the Kodesh, he saw the uh, image, or it seems to say that he saw a, a Zaken Echad, an old person who was dressed in white, and his head was wrapped in white, and he would go into the Kodesh with me, and he would exit the Kodesh with me. The Hayom, on this particular Yom Kippur, says the Gemara, This person was dressed in all black. His head was wrapped in all black. So he read from this imagery that this was going to be the last Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, After the holiday, He was sick for seven days, and he died. Unbelievable. So he was able to see what was going to happen. And from that point forward, they stopped uh, being mevarech b'shem. What is this talking about? Being mevarech b'shem. It says Rashi. No, this was like a malach type of uh, scenario. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a person. It was something. No one else is allowed there. What? Even that. Yeah. yeah, so the Gemara says uh, quite clearly here that he saw some kind of imagery. Maybe it wasn't into the Kodesh HaKodesh, maybe it was just into the Heichal, I don't know. Could have been an image, it could have been an image. Could have been a Nebua too. Does Rashi say anything here? No, Rashi doesn't say anything. What? Supposedly when a person died, they actually see the nod. But he wasn't dead, this was before he died. Because every year he saw the guy in white. This year he saw. So, uh, anyways, the, your your question is excellent, Michael. It, it warrants research. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to it. That's a great question. Um, but what the Gemara does say here is that after he died, it says in the Gemara, quarter of the way down, that they stopped being mevarech b'shem. What does that mean? So take a look at Rashi, three lines down from the top of the page. Dibur hamaskel mevarech b'shem. It used to be uh, when the Kohanim would be up there at the, on, on the Dukhan and they would be saying there, so they would be uh, you know, when they'd say Hashem, it was the Shem HaMeforash. So we're not used to that. But that, of course, reminds us of all of the halachos of not looking at the hands of the Kohanim as they are doing, being, uh, as they're doing the bracha of Birkas Kohanim. It's not appropriate. So we cover our, our eyes with the talis. Okay, fine. Tanur Rabbanan, we're almost a, a quarter of the way down. Tanur Rabbanan, Arboim Shana Kodem Churban Habayis. Now we spoke about the 40 years of Shimon HaTzadik's reign, but 40 years before the Churban was to take place. Lo Goral Ola Not one time 
Not one time when they did the Goral for the Shneasirim did it ever come up that the right one was La Hashem. It was always La Hazazel. Below Hayalashan Shalzahuris Malbin, not one time did that crimson uh, did that crimson tie ever turn white. Below Hayanerma Aravidolik, not one time did the westernmost light stay lit. Forty years in a row. Forty the forty years prior to Khorban in a row. Correct. And the doors were opening on their own, as if to invite the enemies. It says the Gemara, Until Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, uh, he was very unhappy about this. Again, this is next level stuff because he's talking to doors right now that on their own seem to seem to open. So what does that mean? It says the Gemara, Omar Lo, in criticism, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai says to the doors, Heichal, Heichal. Why are you frightening yourself so early? You got another 40 years. Don't open the doors yet. When the criminals come, that's a different discussion, but you're making it earlier. I know, we all know that it's not going to last forever. That there is this when the Levanon, a reference to the Mikdash, we'll see why it was called the Levanon. When the doors open, then then the cedar will be consumed a reference to the Kodesh. But the, the he was, so he was like talking to the doors. Again, we don't know what this means, but he was criticizing the metaphysical aspects of the Mikdash to say, this is not the right time for you to open the doors. So then asks the Gemara on the heels of this, halfway down, Amar Yitzchak ben Tavloi, Loma Nikra Shemo Levanon. Why did the Mikdash have a language of Levanon? Says the Gemara, such a beautiful idea. And this alone should be a reason to pine for the Beis HaMikdash. Shemal ben Avon Hosein Shal Yisrael. Because what it did is it cleaned our slates. See, we're used to having the day of Kapara, of Yom Kippur, that helps to clean our slates. Yes, it's a Pasuk and Flemish, and we're guaranteed that if we follow a certain formula, the Kosh Baruch is going to give us Kapara. True, fact. But it's not the same as being able to bring, uh, as being able to bring the victorious Lifnai Lifnim to the Avoda of Yom Kippur. Amar of Zutra Bartubia, Lama Nikra Shmo Ya'ar, why is it that the Mikdash is referred to as a Yar? Where is it, it referred that way? Dechziv as the Pasuk writes, base Yar Ha'lavanon. Why was it referred to that way? Says the Gemara, Lomar Lach, a few lines before the wide lines. My Yar Melavlev, just like a Yar is Melavlev, that it blooms, that it blossoms. Ah, Beis HaMikdash Melavlev. So too, the Beis HaMikdash also blossoms. What does that mean? Yar is a forest. Says the Gemara. We actually saw this earlier in the Masechta. We saw this about 20 blot ago on Daf Kafalev. Says the Gemara, Da Amar Ravoshia, Mikdash, He planted something that could grow that was gold. And they would seasonally produce fruits. The Kevan She. And when the wind would blow through and the wind would uh, would catch these fruits, so then then the fruits, the gold fruits would fall off of these growths. That you're going to hear these sounds and they're going to fall and the, when the metal hits, it's going to fall hit the ground. And this is how the Kohanim made their money. But when there was a time that the Ovdei Kochavim uh, breached the walls of the Mikdash Yavshu, they quote-unquote dried up. They no longer produced these fruits, that these flowers of the Levanon of the Mikdash, they dried up. That in due time, please God, very, very soon, we will be able to see these things in the Mikdash. These Nitim that we're reading about. Is this the first or second time? Is this what? 
So this says that Shlomo HaMelech was the builder. So, so that's number one. So that's number one. We're two-thirds of the way down at the two dots, four lines into the wide lines. We said, that according to one shita, you have to put the, the lottery pieces, the one that says Lashem on the Seir Lashem, and the one Azazel for the one that's on, going to be for La Azazel. There were 10 times that the Kohen Gadol would reference the Kaddish Baruch Hu's name, during this day, Gimel Bevidui Rishon, three times during the first Vidui, three times during the second Vidui, three times when uh, he was uh, in the process of the Seri Mishtalech, the Echad Bigorelos, and once during the process, remember as we said, that when he pulls out the lottery for the um, for the one that's Lashem, he has to say Lashem, or maybe Chatas Lashem, Lashem Chatas, whatever the language is, that's what the Gemara says here. So we're uh, six lines into the white lines. Ukfar Amar Hashem ben Nishma Kolo And when he would say Hashem's name, you would be able to hear in Yericho. We've already heard these references of sounds traveling wildly far from the base Hamikdash. Amar Rabbah Barbarchanam Yerushalayim Yericho Asara Parsaos. It's ten Parsaos from um, from Yerushalayim to Yericho. Not only did you hear the sound of Hashem, however, that you were able to hear the hinges of the doors of the Heichal as it swung, as it pivoted. You were able to hear it eight chumen away. Tchum Shabbos is 2,000 amos. And you multiply eight chumen, that's 16,000 amos. That's, that's very far. Just with, with basic math, that would be 24,000 feet, which is almost five miles, about four and a half miles. It's a very, very far distance. And uh, not only that, but Izim should be Yericho, the animals, the goats that were in Yericho, they were sneezing from the smell of the Ktores. Again, they're wafting across the country, very strong smell. This is circular, circular or just The Gemara doesn't, I was thinking about that. Is it a diameter? Is it a radius? Is, I don't know, I don't know. The Gemara doesn't speak about other cities. Nashim should be Yericho, and women who lived in Yericho, that day they could skip the perfume because they were misbasim from the Reach Torres from the, you know, from the 10 parcels away. And Kala should be Yerushalayim, Akala in Yerushalayim, Akala needs a little bit more perfume. It's a special day. So Kala be Yerushalayim, she doesn't need to put on anything. It was just being in the presence of Yerushalayim. The smell was intense and everybody knew what was going on and she, she had, had enough perfume. Amar Rabbi Yosi ben Dolgoi, Izim Hayu Leaba Behare Mechmar, Bahimis Achos Merechak Torah, a similar line that the animals would sneeze. Amar Rabbi Chia Bar Avin, Amar Rabbi Shuvin Korcha, Sachli Zakain Echad, Pamacha Salachi Lashilo. One time he went to Shilo, Beharachi Rech Torah, me Ben Kosleha, and just bouncing off the walls, just walking between houses, he was able to smell the Torah. Amar Avyanai, let's get into a little bit of a halachic sugya, and with this sugya we'll close at the top of Mem Amar Alev. Amar Avyanai, Alias Goral Mitoch Kalti Me'akeves. The pulling out of the Goral from the box is Me'akev. However, Hanacha Eina Me'akeves, but putting it down on the animal is not is not Le'ikuva, it's, it's not problematic at all. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, he says, Afalia Eina Me'akeves. No, no, we just need to know what it says on the car. We need to know what it says. We don't need to actually pull it out. Once I see it, I could drop it back in the box. That's Machlokas in the Amorayim. Says the Gemara as follows. Aliba de Rebbe Yehuda, 
according to an external shita of Rabbi Huda, who holds the Amar, eight lines from the bottom, that if the Kohen is doing something in the white garments, but he's doing it he's not doing it in the Kodesh, then by definition, the activity you're doing is not le'ikuva. So according to him, everyone agrees that because he's wearing the white garments, but he's not in the Kodesh, therefore it is not le'ikuva to actually pull the lottery piece out of the kalfi, out of the box. Kipligi, when is there a machlok? Who did hold that wearing white garments alone was enough to make it an act of kedusha, even though he was mibachutz outside of the Kodesh. Within this shita of Reb who holds that wearing white garments is problematic. Within this machlok, the first shita that we saw, uh, which was the shita of Reb Yanai, that, uh, that the kalpi is me'akebes, that you have to pick it up, the akira is me'akebes. So it must be, that must be that Rav Yanai holds like Rav Nechemya. And the second shita, which was the shita of Rav Yochanan, he must hold hani mili avoda. When does Rav Nechemya hold that wearing the white garment outside is actually le'ikuba? That's when what you're doing is actually an avoda. But hagrola lava avodahi. The Hagrala itself, the lottery itself, is not actually an avod of the mikdash. Okay, it's a necessary step, but it's not actually categorically an avoda. So even within the camp of Rav Nechemia, who holds that wearing the white garments, even bachutz, even outside of the kodesh, he holds that that's really that's that that's an indicator of something serious. But it's only true, and the act that you're doing is a real avoda. But Hagrala, the lottery is not an avoda. Ikadamre, some of them, some people spin the machlokes of Rav Yochanan and Rav Yanai a little differently. Ikadamre, I leave it to Rav Nechemia to Amar Me'akva. According to Rav Nechemia, who holds that wearing the white garments even outside of the uh, Kodesh is, uh, makes, makes your actions le'ikuva. Everyone agrees, even Rav Yochanan would agree to Rav Yanai that it's le'ikuva. But according to Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda was of the opinion that if you wear a white garment, it's outside of the Kohen Gadol's wearing the, the white, the linen outside of the Kodesh, it's not le'ikuva. So then here's the machlokas. According to Rav Yehuda, who's more lenient, manda according to the sheet of Rav Yochanan, who's lenient and says that pulling it out of the kalfi is not required, that's to Rav Yehuda, who holds that even if you're wearing white garments, but you're outside of the Kodesh, by definition, it's not le'ikuva. And according to the other sheet of Rav Yanai, who says that you actually have to pull it out of the box, if we're in the camp of Rav Yehuda, who's of the opinion that you must pull, that you don't need to pull anything out of anywhere because it's not le'ikuva, because you're wearing white garments, but you're outside the Kodesh. Shani hacha, the tanya, the asher Allah, asher Allah trezimne. Here, even though it's true you're wearing white garments, but you're outside, and therefore it should not be the ikuba. But here it's different because here we have a pasuk that indicates something special. It says the phrase asher Allah two different times, and therefore the status is different. So even though it shouldn't be the ikuba, but it is because of the uh, the multiple references in the pesukim. Meisve the Gemara asks Akasha on one of our shitas. Meisve the Brisa writes two lines from the bottom on Lama Testament Beis mitzvah lehagril. There is a mitzvah to do the hagrala. But if you don't actually do the lotteries and you just pick one animal at random, the halacha is that it's kosher. Let's analyze this b'risa. I could understand this b'risa in the following context. 
I could understand this cheetah that says that the Hagrala is not a requirement and therefore it's not Le'ikuba. That makes perfect sense in the camp of Rabbi Huda. Everyone understands that. At the top of Mem Aleph, the Gemara says, But according to those who say that there is a machlokas here, I could understand according to the Shita Loma Akva, who says that it's not problematic and therefore it's mitzvah lahagril. And if the Brisa says that you were not, you didn't do the hagril, it still is okay. Hamani But according to the Shita that holds that it is me'akev, Hamani. Whose Shita is that? So says the Gemara, you're right. And really what we're talking about here is not about whether or not it's le'ikuva, but tana mitzvah lehaniach. That shita would hold that there is a mitzvah, not that it's le'ikuva to what you're doing, but whether or not you fulfill the mitzvah. And this is where we're going to stop for tonight at Toshma on Mem Amid Aleph, four lines down. We'll pick up on Shabbos with Mem and uh, Mem Aleph. And uh, wishing you all a beautiful night. Good to you.